1: Eleven people convicted in the Atlanta public school cheating scandal? The judge is throwing the book at them. But why is this world news? The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez, your Libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. And I cover the Libertarian stories of the week. Everything from local news to national news to world news. And there are always libertarian principles to apply. But this story about the Atlanta public school educators being convicted, 11 out of 12 on trial were convicted in this cheating scandal. That this, I would have thought, was a local story. But it's literally in the world news. It's it's in the national news, Wall Street Journal, New York Times, everything. But I also read it, I go to a, a website, Russia Today, you probably heard of it, John Kerry, Secretary of State, hates Russia Today, calls it Russian propaganda. And it, it's as much propaganda as our stuff, I think, although I like to get international news from there. They definitely give a different take, and I think they're actually more reliable. But when it comes to domestic U.S. news, I always take it for a grain, with a grain of salt. I They reminded me the other day when I was reading it of... That old Saturday Night Live skit of Garrett Morris, where he plays a baseball player named Chico Escuela, and and Chico writes this expose on baseball called "Bad Stuff About the Mets," and it's just bad stuff, and it's what people like to read. It was like a joke that the people write these exposes, and it's really just negative gossip. That's how like I see when Russia Today reports on domestic stuff. It's always how much poverty there is in the U.S. People are. Dying of gunshot wounds in the gutters because we have lots of guns and no health care—just crazy stuff. Whereas their international stuff, I really like. Uh, I really think is actually more accurate. But the domestic stuff comes from kind of a uh, you know socialist viewpoint stuff like that. So I, I did take it. It was the second line item under the headline, which was Iran nuclear. Packed with U.S. and that was big news. And the next line item was Atlanta public school educators uh, marched out of the courtroom in handcuffs for being convicted for this cheating scandal. And uh, and so I do take that with a grain of salt. But it was also in the UK, the Guardian out of London and just everywhere. It was a very big deal. And my although I'm obviously exposed to it because of the headlines and everything, I didn't really dig into the details over the past few years as the investigation has gone on. Uh, So I was kind of shocked that that the judge had these people marched out of the uh, courtroom in handcuffs, going to jail to await sentencing. And my first instinct was that it was a little bit harsh and then I did dig into the details, and I also threw the question out there on Facebook to see what specifically I, I did on my regular Facebook page, which you can get to through MonicaPerezShow.com if you want to opine there. I'll, I'm going to read some posts during the show. But I also put it on a, a libertarian uh, forum, an Atlanta libertarian forum that I belong to. Also on Facebook, I threw the question out there to libertarians, and I was surprised by some of the responses because libertarians are often portrayed as by the by the like neoconservative Republican establishment as being uh, like peaceniks because one of the principles, libertarian principles, is the non-aggression principle, where you can't engage in foreign entanglements, foreign wars, unless people. Those specific people, those sovereign entities, are attacking you. So you can't invade Iraq because of 9-11. And it's not because we're peaceniks. It's, it's because it's not really a just war. It's not defensive. And then another thing that's held against libertarians, I think, is our opposition to the drug war. The, the drug war, again, is it's not because we're soft on crime. It's that people wanting to put drugs in their veins or sell drugs uh, openly in an arm's length, honest transaction drugs to people who want to do that is really none of our business, but if the druggie wants to rob your car, that is our business. And that's when uh, the rubber hits the road. So libertarians aren't soft on this stuff. They're actually pretty culturally, some of them culturally conservative, hard on crime, but the distinction is innocence and guilt, uh, victimless crimes, which shouldn't be crimes and uh, real crimes. But one of the answers I got was nonviolent criminals should not be caged, that there that maybe there are some nuances to what punishment fits the crime. But I don't I think the libertarian principles, as I saw from the vast majority of the responses I got very hard on this kind of thing, because uh, and I'm going to give you the, the details, more details on the story. But in a nutshell, these guys uh, defrauded the system by cheating, by having the kids fill in, uh, some they had the kids fill in, give them gave them the right answers, or they went and changed answers on standardized tests. And the idea was that they wanted to have uh, get bonuses, get good evaluations, but also supposedly there was an environment of intimidation where they weren't going to be able to get. Uh, they were losing their jobs if they weren't in on it. So they did this stuff that was like stealing, basically, because they cheated to get bonus money and maybe even cheated just getting their salaries because they weren't serving these kids well. There are a lot of issues. I want to talk about them, but I'm also going to tell you some of this feedback I got, both from libertarians and uh, just the mainstream audience. And I want to know what your take is on this 404 750 1-800-WSB-TALK, is it really worth the taxpayers' money to put these guys in jail? Is it a deterrent? But let me me give you more details of the story, because as I thought about it, I started to kind of see the judge's side of it. The judge is taking a harsh stance, harsh view against these guys. It still brings up a lot of questions about if, if this is the kind of thing that needs to that these guys need to go to prison for what's the real point of that will it deter people is it a waste of our money or were they just swept up in the pressure to perform so here it is in a nutshell 180 educators from teachers to principals administrators were uh, accused charged with um or accused of cheating most of them confessed then of those who were charged, 30-something, maybe 35 were charged, 21 uh, pled and did, didn't did have to get due time, but had to like give back bonuses and that kind of thing. And then 12 were brought to trial. One got off and 11 were convicted. And at the beginning of the trial, the judge said, you need to understand that if you cost the taxpayers money by fighting this, you will face severe consequences. He wanted them to plead, and I can understand why he didn't want to waste the time and money of the system. And uh, I think what it looks like was there was just a mountain of evidence against these people. one one of the one of the testifiers, whatever, one of the <laughs> witnesses testified that <clears throat> the odds of the as many answers that wrong answers that were erased and right answers that were marked in their places, of that happening without outside intervention was one in like 248 septillion, <laughs> which is 240, 284, I mean, followed by 21 zero. So it was pretty clear that other people were changing these answers. I guess these individuals said it wasn't them. And and the judge is throwing the book at them. But my, I, I wonder about that, that discouraging people, punishing people for exercising their right to a trial by their peers can be abused. It looks to me, I don't I don't feel like this was abused. I think that that's that's kind of an okay compromise position in the criminal justice system. But I was watching a documentary called aka Tommy Chong about Tommy Chong, the Chichen Chong actor, his son ran a bong store bong shop made bongs beautiful artistic bongs which are considered drug paraphernalia i don't think they have any other use and there are they can be sold in some places and not others so if you do it over the internet there are issues about state laws stuff like that so so the these like undercover agents kept trying to buy bongs on the internet whatever and the guy and the kid wouldn't sell them was following the rules and then eventually somehow they they got him to create a huge shipment of very expensive handmade bongs. And then they said they were going to personally come pick it up, which I guess would have been legal. And then they finally talked him into shipping them, whatever. So he ended up breaking the law of this kid. Tommy Chong didn't do anything and they weren't even accusing him of doing anything. Although in some of the court filings, they identified him as somebody who mocked law enforcement in his movies. So to resolve the case, they made a deal with Tommy Chong that he would go to actual prison for a crime he is not even accused of committing, and it would get his son and wife out of trouble. Otherwise, they would face, if convicted, up to 99 years in jail. So my problem with that is, all of a sudden, when the government uses this concept of uh, of putting so much evidence against you threatening you such severe penalties that even if you're innocent you would not risk a trial what they're actually doing is encouraging or facilitating the FBI from from running Plain sting operations where they catch people in the undercover agents, catch people in the act of a crime to entrapment where they create crimes and lure people into criminal situations. That kid, Tommy Chong's son, was absolutely not engaging in criminal activity. They absolutely lured him into it, according to this documentary, which you can find on my website. But. Then I see so many cases of the FBI entrapping people. Looks to me like they're entrapping people for terrorism and yeah, people who aren't mentally competent, who are a little off. It's been exposed in the New York Times and on Fox News that most FBI terrorists' operations are stings. And I would say that those are, are borderline, if not crystal clear, entrapment. But no but so many of them plead out because facing all that crime. Well, that time makes you not want to uh, fight for your rights. So I get a little um, apprehensive about encouraging judges to throw the book at people just for exercising their right to trial. But that being said, the alternative viewpoint is that these people in the cheating scandal were totally unremorseful. And what they did between robbing the Atlanta taxpayers of money and betraying the kids who they had a, a legal and moral duty towards uh, is pretty serious stuff. But how serious? Does it deserve up to 20 years in jail? These people were convicted of racketeering. So it could be very, very serious. So it's it's worth thinking about. And I think we're going to have to pay for it if they do end up with long prison terms. So uh, I'm going to get to your calls next. 404 1-800-WSB-TALKER. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show.
2: Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB.
1: we got scattered clouds and 64 degrees and 9 on the Mellish meter today. Weather is brought to you by ShoeMate, the official air conditioning of summer. And I am your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. We're talking about the Atlanta Public School cheating scandal, and I'm asking the question, do these people belong in jail? 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to Bob in Marietta. Hi, Bob.
3: Oh, hey, Monica.
2: enjoy your show.
3: I just wanted to make a point. You know, these are felonies that they were convicted of. Number one, it was seven months of tax paying And a lot of these attorneys that sent these things to trial, which they had a right to do and a choice to do, I think they made grave error because the statute is very similar to the federal conspiracy statute, and most lawyers will tell you, if you're indicted for conspiracy in federal court, if you wink at somebody, you can possibly be convicted. I mean, it's that stringent if if you're indicted, because the judges also, they charge the jury under the law to convict. They really do. Yeah,
1: I've always been suspicious of the RICO statute in general, because I feel like every single individual deserves a trial. What crime did they commit? I feel like it's a way to get people on stuff you don't have direct evidence against them. So I never liked the RICO statute at all, but it does carry harsh penalties.
3: Absolutely.
2: And so I think well that judge is going ahead and putting them in jail, which is a little bit unusual, but he was making a statement that these people are going to go to jail. I can assure you they will get time. Uh, they had the
3: opportunity to plead guilty, to walk away, admit what they did, have remorse. They did They chose not to. They went through the system. This is what the system will give them. Thank you.
1: Yep, and I think that uh, in reality, maybe it was a way to not just deter future teachers from cheating, but to deter people from pushing back on a system that is supposed to work a certain way for efficiency. That's why I was a little uncomfortable with uh Punishing them severely simply for going to trial. But on the other hand, if there was a mountain of evidence and they were just arrogant, I mean, maybe the judge had a sense of that. But I'm going to go to Alan right after the break. He says a normal guy doesn't stand a chance against the government. And I've noticed that. Did these guys go down because they were small time players? Because there are people who are too big to jail. This is Monica Perez. Uh
2: Monica Perez on News 955 at AM 750 WSB.
1: I am the Libertarian Voice on WSB Saturdays from 3 to 6, covering the topics of the week from a libertarian point of view. Talking about the Atlantic Public School Cheating Scandal, which is literally world news in U.K. papers on Russia Today, but also the Wall Street Journal, New York Times, Washington Post, really, really big news. And I noticed, I was a little sympathetic, just emotional reaction, when I saw them let out of the courtroom in handcuffs. Just, I don't know why, you know? I I wondered if maybe it's because they seem to have dignity, that they're, you know, white-collar people. From a blue-collar background, I shouldn't be sympathetic. I mean, I'll tell you... Maybe this is a little TMI, <laughs> too much information, but my, I come from a big family. I'm the youngest of nine out of New York, and uh, my brothers grew up, most of my siblings were from the 60s, and a couple of them are drug addicts, or were drug addicts, not anymore, but, but one of my brothers, uh, when he was an active drug user, was passing through Georgia, and somebody FedExed him some drugs for his own personal use. He went to pick up the package. No, there's no reason to think he knew what was in the package. There was just it was just a package with his name on it, which he went to pick up and it had been intercepted. He got arrested. He paid five thousand dollars for a lawyer and he went to jail in Georgia for six months for receiving a package with drugs for personal use like that small amount, not a trafficking amount, nothing like that. There were no tears. Nobody cares. It didn't make the news. And uh, and as a libertarian, we're talking about some libertarian principles here. What he uh well what he did really in, in the real world isn't a crime. Receiving a package before you've opened it, I don't think implies guilt, but I guess they figured who's gonna, you know, obviously he wanted the good drugs because he was a drug addict. But if if you don't hurt anybody but yourself, like the Leonard Skinner drummer didn't wear his seatbelt. We heard he died over the weekend here in Georgia, and I loved Leonard Skinner. Um, but he has the right to not wear a seatbelt. Do I wear my seatbelt? Yes. Do I do it? Cause there's a law kind of. Yeah. But, but if I stopped and thought about it, I would do it anyway. I, as a libertarian, you do have the right to hurt yourself. Now, when you have socialized medicine and this and that you, all of a sudden the community has rights against you because they're paying for everything. So the community has these rights now. And all of a sudden the principles of individual liberty and justice go by the wayside. Uh, So that's on the small scale. Like, why would I, from a blue-collar background, pity these people just because they look fancy Uh, and they actually committed crimes with full knowledge? One of the chicks wore gloves while she changed the answers on the test because she didn't want to leave fingerprints. I mean, that demonstrates the knowledge uh, between that what you were doing was wrong. But on the other end of the spectrum, so I feel a little bit But the but the what's much worse in my opinion is that there are so many people who are too big to jail if you remember the story of john corzine who was a senator from new jersey governor of new jersey was um the goldman a goldman sachs partner had a hedge fund called mf global in which he gambled regular depositors equivalent of a deposit account holder money on a big bet on uh, debt in Europe, and he lost the bet, lost the money, and and MF Global ended up paying back JPMorgan Chase money they owed it before it paid back these account holders. And I'm thinking if there are any account holders in Atlanta, then maybe the DA who prosecuted this case, Paul Howard, could go after John Corzine, because that guy never was brought to trial, and it seemed to me that his fraud, maybe he had technical outs, but Looks to me like that guy uh, defrauded a lot of a lot, a lot of people out of hundreds of millions of dollars. I mean, it's hard to even quantify the that the teacher, the damages these teachers did, especially since the real argument of damage done was, yes, some bonus money, which didn't seem to amount to that much. Uh, but also robbing the kids of um, funding for remedial uh, schooling and stuff. But I don't think there's any correlation between funding for remedial schooling and actual outcome. I'm not sure they really cheated the kids out of anything, yet they are going to go to jail. And John Corzine is, um, you know, from all reports, still living large. I mean, I'm sure he still has status in his community. So I, I just feel like there is, it looks like justice is done, and, and I'm not saying it isn't, but boy, a lot of people, I mean, even at the highest levels, get away with murder. I want to hear what you have to say. Um, give me a call at 1-800-WSB-TALK or 404 750 I'm going to Alan in Atlanta. Hi, Alan You're on with Monica.
3: Hi there, Monica. Uh, the normal person doesn't have a chance going up against the federal government. They have more money than anybody else. If if they can't convict you in a local court, then they'll take it to a state court. If they can't get you in state court, they'll find a federal law, and then they'll prosecute you in a federal court. If you've made somebody mad who's higher up in the government, you basically have no hope. You know, it's supposed to be, if you're acquitted of a thing, they can't charge you again. But they've gotten around that. Well, that's
1: one of the reasons I don't like the RICO statute, is that they can actually charge you as if it were a different crime when it's the same underlying act.
3: Right, but see, they hadn't been in trial before, so like I said, it's right. the first time. Now, they've done it, you know, two or three times, that would be something to play, but they're they're doing it all at one time. I have no problem with that. These people should not have gone to court and cost us taxpayers money yeah. when they knew they were guilty. But right. if a normal person for
1: a normal crime,
3: you don't have a chance. I
1: yeah, honestly, and you probably I mean, wouldn't go, you court. probably wouldn't go to court knowing that the cards were stacked against you it makes me wonder why they did go i mean was there a level of arrogance was somebody making them assurances you know why would they spend their money defending themselves when they could have pledged
3: like said, if you're unless you're martha stewart and have a tremendous amount of money
1: she still went to jail
3: yeah but i mean had you or i done the exact same thing do you think we'd be in the uh hotel luxury uh prison farm she was serving in
1: no, no, look up. Uh, if you know who Peter Schiff is, look up his father. I think he might even still be in jail for really being a conscientious objector on taxes. and yeah, nobody cares about him.:
3: My biggest deterrent from committing crimes to my entire life was I actually had a father who was a pharmaceutical salesman. One day he said, "Come on, you're going to work with me. Off we go. We go up to a prison farm. I spent the entire day in the prison for him while he did his pharmaceutical stuff down there. When I left that thing, there was one thought in my mind. I do not want to go to this place. At what point do you think I will go in a cell with three other guys who think I'm pretty? That is the biggest deterrent from committing a crime you will ever see.
1: But do you think that regular people think... Do you think that, that the... Well, maybe now these people are creating a deterrent for future crime, but I almost wonder... If throwing the book at them is a little bit unfair, because I have all sorts of rules in my house, and I'm just uh, so wishy-washy about enforcing them. I tell the kids, you're going to be punished if you do this, and then they do it, and I say I'm going to punish them, and then I wimp out. I feel like if all of a sudden I threw the book at them, it almost wouldn't be fair, because I had trained them not to expect severe punishment. Maybe these people, but there's, but that that is the nature of the system. I mean, you are at the mercy of the system, and you got to follow the real rules.
3: And we kind of did it to ourselves, you know, we let this get away from us, so we're going to have to suffer this until somebody changes it.
1: Well, we certainly have let a lot of this stuff get away from us, and uh, I think to the extent this does uh, provide a deterrent to future people, yeah, that's good. Also, also, uh, honestly, the idea of going to jail does get people to plead out and promise to pay back. I know Beverly Hall, who was not tried or convicted because she died of cancer, seemed to be the ringleader, and she got $500,000 of performance bonuses, it's reported. Now, her estate probably won't pay that money back because she wasn't convicted. She didn't have to go to trial, and, and being that she was going to die, there's absolutely no, no way to hold a uh, have any leverage over her to plead out in a timely fashion and give that money back. So... There is a value to it. It just seems maybe, I don't know. I mean, I I shouldn't really defend them. It just looked a little harsh, especially when you look at people like John Corzine getting away with hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, I'm going to go to Tammy in Snellville. Hi, Tammy. You're on with Monica.
4: Hi. love your show. I'm glad that you are helping us to think through these issues because they are really important beyond just the surface news that we here it's important to think through the actual policy, and I'm kind of concerned because just three weeks ago I heard that um, I heard that there was a teacher in another state who was sent to jail and she lost her job because she told her students that they could fill out a form to opt out of the high stakes testing, so they wouldn't have to take the test. But teachers have a gag rule where they can't tell the students. And that made me think about, well, what is this high-stakes testing? Why don't the teachers want the um, the kids to take it? And I, I asked some of my teacher friends, and they said, well, the thing is that the young people are all different, and some kids test very well and, and are good test takers, while others fidget and they become very nervous, and so it's really hard to actually... Get a good understanding of the performance of the school based on um, something that's not um, alike across the board because the students have
1: different yeah. reactions to the testing. And uh, and I have heard the the argument brought up that a lot of times this kind of thing is not within the teacher's control strictly not only because of the kids that they have in their classes but also and their own the kids idiosyncrasies but there right. is a good argument to be made that the home life that parental support why why did the uh, AJC discover this why did why were not the parents noticing their kids couldn't read but they were still being promoted and getting 70th percentile or whatever right. You know, so it's not I, I think that there's plenty of criticism on how testing is used to evaluate teachers. But that's a function of when you allow control of these things to be centralized and moved far away from you. There is no the federal government, if they want to control this, and that's what this is really all about, about uh, the federal government keeps making these not in this case but tests after tests that are tied to federal funding and overemphasize the value of standardized tests it's because they have no ability to control at the very local level they have to quantify they have to systematize everything and it takes the soul out of these things and and education is really is i think about soul about conveying the knowledge of you as the legacy of your you know human Descent from your ancestors, from your community to your kids, knowledge, abilities. Right. I agree with you so much. And also, you know, are they teaching the test?
4: You know, uh, some some of the teachers say that they feel a little bit stifled because they can't use their creativity to reach these individual children or a classroom of children because they have to teach only according to a test so the kids can then take the test. You know, I don't I don't know if the teachers should be demonized in this way when a Rico statute should be helping us catch mafia people or something really big like that.
1: I, yeah, you've I, brought up a few a few points, Tammy. One is, is it really the teacher's fault? Is it teaching to the test? People have free will. They are responsible for their actions. The teachers are responsible for these actions. But it's true, once you start testing, maybe the first year a test will measure, but once the test is known, it's been proven that it stops really measuring what you were out to measure because... Uh, then people try to accommodate what the test is looking for at the expense of kind of the bigger picture. So there are a lot of issues here. Um, I'm going to keep taking your calls. David says, uh, contrary to Tammy, these people are getting what they deserve. So I'm going to get to David right after the break. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALKER. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show.
2: Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB.
1: It is sunny and 65. It's a nine on the Mellish meter today. Weather is brought to you by Shoemate, the official air conditioning of summer. We're back talking about libertarian topics of the week. This is Monica Perez. I'm on every Saturday from three to six. And uh, we're talking about the Atlanta public school cheating scandal And I want to take your calls. 1-800-WSB-TALK is uh, the number. I'm going to go to David and Tucker. Hi, David. You're on with Monica.
2: Hi, Monica. Uh, I come from a family of teachers. I'm particularly unhappy about the situation. I followed it uh, from the outset. And uh, the Bush and Obama administrations have set up this carrot of money. And they didn't put in any kind of oversight. And I knew something like this was going to come down. And according to the AJC investigation, there's also a large number of municipal, uh, school systems around the country have similar problems. They just haven't broken big like this. Um, I think the analogy is proper to say that, say you go to a, uh, foot trip and you leave your keys in your car and someone steals your car. Yeah, you did something dumb, but they still stole it. And I think that's the case with a lot of these. Uh, well, in people. this
1: case, David, let me interrupt yeah. you for a second. In this case, they do say that Beverly Hall, who was the superintendent, set up a culture like this. And I'll tell you, the only, I, I'm not jumping to conclusions. She was never tried. She died. But when I read that she came from the New York, New Jersey system, and I grew up in New York... The the level of corruption from the unions to the mobsters to the government, to the political system, at least when I was growing up, would boggle your mind. So for me, uh, it's plausible to me that she set up a system that uh, was designed to get the results she wanted while insulating herself. I could see that, too. So um, I don't I I think the federal incentives do make a difference that they pressure the test. But this chick, I think, did bear a lot of responsibility. But keep going.
2: Well, a couple of points uh, you were touching on, parents did go to their uh, their schools pointing out that their in-class performance of their students was not matching what their standardized tests were, uh, and they were completely stonewalled.
1: Yes, uh, well, I have. David, I'm glad you brought that up because at the top of the hour, I'm going to tell you my personal experience in the Atlanta public school system and how, uh, yes, I realized that... The parents might well have noticed, might well have tried to do something and uh, probably got absolutely nowhere. I've got that firsthand. I'm going to take more of your calls. 1-800-WSB-TALK, 404-872-0750. This is Monica Perez.
0: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you.